Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, guess it's still the weekend, if you're watching this on the weekend. Two episodes in as many days rushed to publication because I just find it so fascinating. Today's guest is Alexandros Marinos, who is a Seattle-based entrepreneur or startup kind of guy. And recently he started a project called Better Skeptics. And at the Better Skeptics website is this ground truth challenge where he set up some rules and a protocol to strain facts out of competing claims, specifically claims around Brett Weinstein, claims made about Brett Weinstein and claims made by Brett Weinstein specifically about the COVID vaccine, the IVM possibility of being a curative or something of that sort, and also how various different institutional structures are pushing us toward one solution and denigrating anybody who problematizes that. So Brett Weinstein's been talking a lot about COVID for the past year and has been steadily getting in more and more heat. And people that were very close to him in this IDW sphere, such as Sam Harris and Claire Lehman, who is the publisher of Quillette or the main editor of Quillette, have both argued or attacked Brett for his position. So what is going on with how we're making sense of these issues? Alexandros has stepped up to the plate with this ground truth challenge, and I invite him onto my podcast to talk about the different claims and all this different information and how we can make sense out of all this information or disinformation or misinformation, so on and so forth. It was great to have him on. I hope to have him back in the future to talk about his startup kind of lifestyle. So without further ado, here is Alexandros Marinos. So how did you get into this conversation then? Or wait, where? what's your, what's your base like of operations? What do you like do and concern yourself with mostly? So I, I run an IT startup. Of sorts, like I got you know random stuff like this lying around my, uh, uh, you know, workspace, um, and I, you know, I just that's that's kind of my thing. But because we're remote, that means that you know we've basically developed tools. We, we're almost almost a decade in at this point. There's been a few changes over time, but the whole story is about a decade in, and you know we've been remote all the time. So we've been do, building quite a few tools, I think, to make sense of the world and you know different perspectives from like people who are really smart and have different bits, you know, bits of the elephant, uh, especially with hard technical problems. You know, the system is down. Several people can see different bits, you know, you know, we all have to come together and like quickly make sense of uh, all the facts and whatnot. So it, it kind of, I mean, I've been watching, you know, Brett, uh, Weinstein, I mean, a, a lot of these people actually, you know, Sam, Brett, you know, just your standard sort of, you know, podcast listener person. And definitely through the pandemic, a lot of, a lot of Brett, uh, a lot of dark horse in general. And at some point it just struck me that it, this is really strange, basically. Um, that he's putting together a hypothesis that is quite impactful, quite rich, quite specific, quite um, falsifiable. 
And that when I try to like between you, me, and everybody uh, in the world, in the world, I don't want him to be right. You understand? Like this is like quite a quite a bad scenario that he okay. is describing. Um, but I'm trying to find out why he's not right, and everything I get back is noise and just like, but he's terrible. He's irresponsible. He's like, well, everybody knows that he is has no credibility. You know that kind of thing. And it's like, okay. And then I, so then when Yuri put out his piece on the Colette, it was like, okay, fine. Finally, somebody who I respect is putting something out on a, on a medium I respect. Surely <laughs> they figured it out, right? So I, I, st I started reading this thing and I was like, this, it can't be, this can't be it. Like this can't, this, surely this is not the best we have because this is pretty bad. Um, and um, that's kind of how I got into it. So I did the analysis just to, first of all, the reason I did the analysis actually is to tie myself to the mask because I could not finish it. So I said, look, if I start a Twitter thread on it, um, I'll have to finish it and I'll have to go line by line. So if there's something there beyond the tone and the snark, I'll find it. Like I, I truly want to find, you know, the, the, the chinks in the armor here. Um, and it was everything, everywhere I pushed, it, it just crumbled. Like it was like, I could not go one level deep into pretty much anything that they were bringing up as, as counter arguments. Uh, half of it was strawman. So they didn't even stand up, but like the ones that, were accurate sort of attempts uh, would, would crumble. And like, okay, well, that's not it. And then I started asking people proactively, tell me what the problem is. And it was all kind of like, terrible person, irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. How dare they, blah, blah, blah. It's credited. Um, and I'm like, so and whenever I try to dig in, one particular guy, I think that was kind of like the it for me. He was like, look at this podcast. I was like, I want specifics. I want to tell me where, what they said, and why it's wrong. Right. And send me somewhere in the podcast. Like this podcast, minute 33, whatever. Listen to the first 10 minutes, which is already quite a bit. But like, oh, screw it. I'll do it. I listen. I'm like, it doesn't say what you says it says. And it's like, oh, no, no, go to minute 67. Fine. I go. I'm like, it doesn't say what you said it says. It says this. And it's like, well, prove it to me because I can't clearly prove to you anything with a transcript. So this was a, 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 a Kirsch quote, right? The, one of the guests that, that Brett has, who is very loud and very sort of brash. And I was like, okay, now he got me dead to rights. Surely, you know, if somebody has screwed the pooch, like that, that's where it's probably is, right? And I, so I sit and type out the transcript. I was like, all right, if it is, I'll, like, I'll, I'll prove it to him and I'll, I'll, see the, I'll do the exercise to prove it to myself that I can do that. So I type it out and I, I just look at it and I was like, this guy who comes out across like very brash has three qualifiers and has explicitly said exactly what he means and has you know couched it correctly everything like you know precisely beautiful and there's this i'm like if, if this isn't it it doesn't exist at that point and i'm like i i now my confidence that the the, the the material is solid jumps and jumps and jumps if, if, if the thing that i thought was the weakest link like where you know where the bodies are probably buried is this clean when you see it written? I'm, I'm starting to get a feeling that it's probably going to be... And then I did... So we did the, this challenge to... Okay, like, that's the kind of... What What more can I do? Like, what's the next <laughs> level of scrutiny I can apply mm -hmm. to? Mm -hmm. well, well, just to kind of do a soft reset. Yes. What is Brett's position, and why is it so dangerous? 
Okay, so uh, I can tell you my synthesis of the position. I don't, to my knowledge, it's not been all put together. Um, there are these four transcripts that we put together. Um, you probably can add um, the conversation with Yuri and the conversation with Garrett Vanderbush. Um, within that sort of frame is what uh, I'm talking about, right? So uh, if you take that frame from the point of view of a speaker that is not necessarily me, but not necessarily Brett, like I'm just going to sort of give you a hypothesis of what I think it's saying, right? You've got a virus that may have leaked from the lab. Maybe. Um, you've got a situation where, so Gert's position is that the way in which we're doing the vaccination is, um, is, is a really bad idea evolutionarily speaking, because what you have is a lot of people um, and you, you're randomly vaccinating, which means that at any given point, you've got two graphs, essentially, of, of the vaccinated and the unvaccinated meshed. So the virus, let's say that it spreads to the vaccinated, to the unvaccinated and not the vaccinated initially, it gets, it, you know, millions and millions and millions of probability, uh, chances basically to jump and, and evolve. And then going from vaccinated to vaccinated, and if it's low uh, impact, it gets more and more chances basically to evade the protection that we've built so painfully with the vaccines. Uh, but then people are like booster, 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 right? Fine, we can keep, we can keep going until we, we you know, we, we, we push this out. The, the, the problem with that, though, is that then we have a very unclear sense of the side effects of the vaccine. So what you there's this virus database, right? And when they put it out, they put out the vSafe system to go with it. Now I get into systems that I understand, right? I'm a, a computer scientist um, and, and uh, I build online services. So that's now the, the territory where I am the expert and others have to <laughs> have to play off, off base. Um, when they put it together, they said, we're going to hold ourselves to the highest standard. Right. We got to get all the data for everything that's happening. It's going to be extremely precise, blah, 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 high, high standard. OK, so what's happening now? We see a lot of uh, bad, bad events in that, in that system, uh, which is, doesn't mean that the, the vaccines cause those bad events, but they are there. They happened in proximity of the vaccination. And that and, system uh, is a record of people self-reporting complications of any medical type that happened after the vaccine? Roughly, I couldn't precisely tell you because I've been digging into it and I can't fully understand. It is appears to be self-reporting, but there's some uh, medical hand in it. Um, a lot of people are reporting that it's very hard to put things in there. Um, it, it's 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 really hard to know what that means. What I know is that that system was put there so we get a signal if something is going wrong, and whatever standards I've heard for the signal are being met. You see what I mean? Like it's 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 a very very blurry signal. But every time I dig into it, feel better. I feel worse. Um, so there's like some sense of uh, uh, some sense of what is happening around vaccination. So, so may, maybe like to, to put it differently, right? I, I run a startup. If my analytics team shows up and says we're going to get the system together and it's going to work like this, and this is the data you're going to have at the end, I'm, I'm like, would you like to get a different job, maybe in a different field, perhaps? Uh, because this is not how we do this work, right? Like if you care about getting good data, you don't do it this way. Um, so, you know, by what you mean, some sort of motivated reasoning or I'm not saying that they, I'm saying that not enough care was put into that system. I, I'm pretty confident in that. Like if, if we truly cared about getting good data, this is not, maybe it's overconfident, right? Maybe it's like, it's fine. It's a vaccine. How bad could it be? We've been doing this forever, even though this is different technology. Uh, but it's using, it's using the same word, which is possibly category error. But 
Um, mm. Let's just let's just flow with it. Um, and um, you know, so so there's there's that part there. Um, and then what was the what was the fourth part? And then there's the 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 uh, the I word. Can I say it or do you get demonetized? <laughs> uh, you can say it. IVM. We can just call it IVM. Sure, sure. Uh, so there's the the whole IVM thing. Um, and um, the there's what I consider to be essentially a Bayesian signal of effectiveness uh, for various things. So you look at the various studies, it's back and forth, right? There's, there's some that are like, getting pushed forward, they're getting retracted, it's not peer reviewed. There's a lot of questions, a lot of asterisks, but there's a lot of data of different varieties, which in my, in my book is a good thing, right? You want, you know, stereo sound, like when you make, you make a self-driving car, um, they have this thing they call sensor fusion. So you want your video and your radar and your LIDAR and like all the things to be giving you the same picture. That is far better than just the camera because the camera could have a camera bug, right? The, the LIDAR could have a LIDAR bug. The, the, the sound, you know, the, the microphone could have a microphone bug. Uh, but they could, all, could not all have a bug in their technical implementation that will create the same artifact at the back. And that is exceedingly difficult, right? So okay. you really want multimodal data. So that's what we seem to have, and it's all blurry, right? But at the same time, it's not getting funded to get the data, and it's not, um, and everybody's pushing back on anybody who has data. So there's like an active campaign to sort of, uh, for instance, right? There's the the Tesla meta analysis, which is uh, something that um, uh, Brett has has put out and, and helps. Well, has 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 sort of pointed at, and then did a did another uh, podcast with. With tests to uh, to go through it, especially in light of uh, one of the papers that we're using, uh, with, had a potentially serious sort of uh, data quality issue and got got retracted. And you know there was questions about how big is this problem uh, for 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 the meta analysis. Um, there was plagiarism so or something like that. There was or? well, I, the thing is like I, the professor himself says like I will defend my data now. You know, this is my, my neck of the woods, Eastern Mediterranean. A lot of people say a lot of things. I don't know what to tell you, but um, it's been retracted. So that they, that study has to be um, uh, discounted. And they were seeing what the impact is of removing that one. It was like a fairly large one. Uh, so they want, and, and the thing is, okay, that's how science works though, right? We, we put out results, we, we test them. There was the whole replication crisis. There's the Anita saying like, why 90 whatever percent of all medical studies are wrong. That's how we do it. We we put out things, we check them, we replicate them, we try again. This is to me. This is not like some sort of oh my god fraud. First time we see this. This is just par for the course. You, you you take the data you have. You try to make signal. Some of it is bad. Some of it is good. You keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so that meta analysis though took forever to get published the first time around because if I'm if I recall correctly, they try to get it out in the Lancet and. The Lancet basically said, we won't do it, not because it failed peer review, we just won't do it. And they have to go to another journal and go through peer review there and get published. So there's a lot of friction in getting that data out. Then mm -hmm. if you're not peer reviewed, they're like, but it's a preprint. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> again, it's like the, the, you got this, this thing, right? And, and they've chopped up the one leg and they're like, you're a terrible sprinter. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, you know, you, 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 you've debilitated me and now you're saying I can't run very fast. Like everybody who says um, there is, seems to be some signal here, but the data isn't clear. I want that person to show me where they're campaigning for a bigger study, because this is the only consistent position for somebody who thinks there's something that might work. Right. And most of the people that are like, yeah, maybe something, but we don't really know. 
it's mm-hmm. kind of like a commitment to like there's only one solution and that solution is going to be the one that we're going to go with um which again i'm not saying it's not it's just the uncertainty that they, they get right so so basically what what brett's approach to my if my understanding is correct is is this if you use a combined approach right you use what works where it works where it safely works because you have good data that it safely works plus you know a blend of other uh strategies um you can create a wall so that you stop the evolution you don't get further variance and you can sort of gradually wipe it out of, of te- uh, territory by territory you know and it's going to be again two steps forward one step back um but you can sort of get rid of this uh, eventually completely um and 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 a lot of people have resigned i think the fact that it's going to be endemic and they kind of he he gets the kind of reaction that i feel is i see it in my field all the time when i propose we do something crazy right uh we for instance my my team ported a specific technology to small devices for the first time that was using the data center the first thing we heard is like this is absurd why would you do this what you never need this blah 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 now it's a standard everybody's doing right but you just get the disbelief that how dare you the kind of like a weird sort of cast reaction that isn't um you know it's not very useful at the end but it does kill innovation in again in, in fields i know about um so it's like this idea basically is too wild to consider that's kind of what you you're hearing it's it's just too out there we're not even going to bother uh did i how did I do for like giving you the whole picture? So to try to do what I can to summarize what you were trying to summarize, um, there's kind of basically three issues. One is the way in which across the globe we are trying to stop the virus through vaccination. And the way that the vaccine is being rolled out is allowing for uh, much more uh, potential evolution of different variants just because of the way that it's being rolled out. So there's that issue. Then there's the issue of... Directed, uh, directed towards the vaccine specifically. Evolution happens always, right? Like yeah. no matter what you do, unless you eliminate it, it'll evolve. But it evolves in a specific direction, which is particularly concerning. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. And then the second issue that you brought up was the tracking of the um, effect that the, vir- or the vaccine might be having on the population because there's this database that's supposed to be collating all this information and presenting information so that we can see whether or not the vaccine is having negative effects. That data set or that tool is not efficient and it's uh, there's something murky about that. So we aren't getting a good signal about how the vaccine might be negatively impacting people. So even asking that question is putting you in anti-vax territory because, uh, of course, the, the vaccine could never have any negative consequences. Um, so there's that issue. And then the third issue is the possible beneficial uh, – there's two words. Uh, it, it either cures or prevents. There's technical medical terms for IVM. Sure. It can either slow down the spread or slow down the uh, consequences of having the virus or even cure you, Right. It doesn't even. We don't even have to go that specific. There, okay. there could be other things that we're not. That we're just focused our, our our gaze on one solution, and we're just basically everything else is treated as a possible distraction, and therefore okay. quieted down essentially. Okay. So even if we ignore every other possible solution, the way that we're using this one solution is in a well, possibly dangerous or uh, I guess counter uh, counterproductive it's because not, of the evolutionary. It's compromising the solution itself. So, so the, the okay. I'm not personally. I think 
um, we're not seeing the sort of thing that would mean that like it's a net negative, right? What we're seeing is that that we don't know what you know what the trade-off exactly is and who. So now, cautiously, people in the UK, I believe, have started saying maybe for the youngest children, you know, the, the, this particular thing might not be ideal. Like you know, you see very careful whispers happening that basically there's some there's a line somewhere, right? Where it's like these people should absolutely go for it. These people uh, should be a little more careful. Whatever. Like I, I don't actually know because again, we don't have the data. Um, and and okay. um, the thing is, like other, yeah, it's the, we're not looking at other things, which is kind of the, or I mean, we we the species, of course, are. I mean, the official authorities with all the funding and, and budget behind them are very narrowly focusing on, on on one one approach. Which, if the hypothesis that that I am assembling uh, from what I'm hearing is correct, we are also compromising it in the sort of somewhat haphazard way that we are deploying it. Okay. And then added to that is that you have uh, the official bodies um, p- going all in on this one solution and maybe doing it kind of ineptly and then not really uh, having uh, the best tool available for recording uh, or tracking the consequences. But you also have like this second tier uh, social climate of demeaning or actively uh, people who aren't representing any official body or now kind of going after anybody who's such as Brett Weinstein is proposing, uh, is problematizing this one solution, uh, which makes it even more difficult to verify whether or not Brett is being uh, a bad actor or not, or if he's uh, barking up the wrong tree, or even if he is being dangerous because of how powerful his podcast is to cause people to, uh, one person said that there's blood on his hands. Anyway, so there's, there's that whole stuff. So you, you've gone after, um, due to some, strange uh, impulse within you for uh, truth or justice or something. I don't know. You, you probably have your own motivations. We don't need to get into that. But you've tried to track down the best possible criticisms of Brett Weinstein's position. Having not found that in the Quillette article or in other sources, you've made a uh, kind of a fun experiment or a contest or some way to generate critique strong critique that's where you're at right now so yeah basically uh both me and my wife have been sort of together in all of this right and been talking about it and sort of you know she's got a journalism background and a startup background uh, 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 uh sort of the startup background is you know common with me as in she has her own startup but we, we both have that um <laughs> and yeah we we kind of said well you know this should this should do it uh surely if we and and the idea was like gives people something that um, will pay for their time. Like if they're if we are asking people to do research, right, and to uh, document things, and and they come up and they're like, no, I know there's something wrong, but I don't have the time. I can't be bothered. Whatever. Give give them something that if they bring up something legitimate, that you say thank you. You know, yeah. I, I appreciate what you bring up. Um, so you know, we we yeah. So we put that together. We I I, I selected. Uh, folks that had either been recommended to me by others who are not necessarily Brett's best friends, uh, but I thought that the people were legitimate, or um, a friend of mine specifically who is anti-Brett. So if you look at his Twitter uh, priors, um, because of other issues, uh, he doesn't, not, I mean, anti-Brett is, is a very hard word. He does, he's not definitely not positively, uh, you know. A Brett fan. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely not a Brett fan. Um, but, but a person whose integrity I trust. Right. I, I would I would put my life in 
in his uh, hands in terms of integrity. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to you know, get these people. I'm going to create a protocol. I'm actually staying out of the challenge itself. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm running the mechanism. And usually I intervene to help um, certain criticisms get through because the process, maybe it's the first time we run it. Maybe it's a little bit on the, less understood than it should be. Um, so I try to like create lubrication, but I don't try, I try not to influence judges. I try not to whatever, just to see what comes through it. Right. And yeah, a couple of things have come through. So the way it works is there's two stages. Do you want to, do you want to go into that? Yeah, yeah, please. Um, so the way and what, it what's it called? Stages. So people can check it out. Right. So the, 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 the account we have is called better skeptics on Twitter. Uh, it's betterskeptics.com for the website. Um, there is the challenge It's called the ground truth challenge. Uh, there we've got the announcement and we've got uh, some progress reports from uh, as, as it's ongoing, um, some clarifications about the rules that we're putting out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the rules, by the way, are on GitHub and we accept pull requests. If anybody has ideas of how to improve it, they can just say, hey, what do you do this? doesn't mean we'll, we'll take it, but we'll, <laughs> we'll look at it. Um, and uh, so we created this challenge and it has essentially two stages, right? The first stage, it, it's very much, it's, it's going to be reminiscent of other things we've seen. So the first stage is attack. Right, uh, challenge. Like I think, and, and it, it has two kinds of challenges you can do. One is unsupported statement. So we've basically done all the transcripts for these four podcasts that we're focused on. Eleven hours of speech, which is kind of ridiculous to think about how much surface we're opening up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's two kinds of challenges you can do. One is unsupported um, um, claim, uh, which means sort of, hey, they're saying like X or Y cytotoxic, whatever, whatever. Where is this coming? And the other one is falsification. Falsification is not verification. It doesn't mean like they can't prove this is true, but it's more like I can definitely tell you this is false. So for instance, what I did with the Sam Harris podcast, right? They said the EUA has this requirement. I'm like, here's the page. It has that requirement, which you said that it doesn't have what gives. Right? That, um, that, that podcast was such a train wreck. I'm sorry. Just to put I, I mean, it didn't sound as bad to me as when I went through it line by line. I was like, this is just completely crumbling again, right? Uh, so yeah. Um, that's falsification. It's, it's like to say, they said this, and I have positive evidence to prove that it is uh, not the case. Okay. Um, so these are the two kinds of challenges you can do. Um, and the, the referees sort of uh, rate that how effective your challenge was. So if it's like falsification, is it logical falsification? This could not be true in any universe. Is it a, a physical you know, the hmm. possibility? As in like, it couldn't happen. Like, you know, if I said, like, you know, Benjamin Boyce is three meters tall, that, you know, is, is on, you know, human biology, whatever, like there's, mm -hmm. sorry, three meters is what, uh, nine feet or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm nine uh, feet in somebody's head, I'm sure. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I have to say it's not metaphorical. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. so, you know, that's kind of your, so the, the referees kind of say, like, okay, what kind of, a, or is it like a high likelihood, right? Like, uh, that it's false. Um, okay. So, so, and, and then you go lower into like, kind of maybe create some doubt, but not enough to be said, you know, falsification. And by the way, the reason for this kind of standard is Wikipedia went and said, you know, Brett Weinstein traffics and misinformation, whatever it is that they put on his page, right? That's a positive claim. You have to be able to prove what you're saying. It's not like he said some things we didn't like, or like maybe somebody gets the impression that something untrue was said. Like, you got to be able to point what the misinformation was, right? Which is kind of the standard we're using. Um, so that's the first stage. And the second stage is we put it out on Twitter. And we're like, okay, there's this, this sort of challenge. And it's this. And please give us the refutation of this challenge, right? Maybe I say, for instance, just to give a, use a Topol example, right? Topol says, 
in a pandemic, the requirements are these. And I look at the page, I'm like, that's not the re- what I see. And somebody else could say, no, no, there's another page that is this pandemic special page okay. that says that. And therefore, your attack looked reasonable when judged on its own. But actually, yeah. if you look at the totality of what we have access to, um, that's not true. And then that goes to the back to the referees for a second grading of like, oh. okay, now with all of the evidence in hand, so we have both the one side and the other, does this still seem like a falsification sort of stands or not, or unsupported claim again, you, you, you have a chance to find the, the support, right, to find the citation, and if it can't be found, it's like, okay, well, this is, we don't know where this is coming from, right? So these are the two kinds of dings you can, you can have on, on, on the material we're targeting, and then we're going to do the final thing, which is like, um, we're taking Paul Graham's disagreement hierarchy, which is um, the, uh, I don't have it off the top of my head, but basically it's kind of like a pyramid, right? So at the bottom is like, you're an asshat. That's like literally in, in the <laughs> infographic, like not even ad hominem, right? Just like vile, uh, vile rather. Um, and then it's like ad hominem. And then there's like a contradiction and and you get to like refutation. So you take off one part of the logical claim, but the DH7, disagreement hierarchy level seven is refutation of the central point, right? So you've taken out, you, you, you've come at a, a, a claim that is so central to the argument being made that the argument collapses, right? Mm. And the rationalist community has built DH8, which is steel manning, which is you take what they said, you turn it into its best or worst possible version, like the most sort of dangerous form, and then you refute that. Okay. Um, okay. So what we're going to do is sort of all the things that come through this this pipeline, we're going to rate them like, are they an nitpick? Are they a significant sort of correction required, but doesn't really sort of get at the heart of what is being said? Or is it, you know, straight to the heart, you know, eliminates an entire branch of this sort of structure that we uh, described? Hmm. Okay. And if, so, um, to follow like the, that number eight, the rationalist special of, uh, super, <laughs> super, uh, claim decimation. Um, what is the most dangerous thing with all that, you know, now, and all that you've gathered, what is the most dangerous thing possible that Brett Weinstein and, and Heather and dark horse podcast could be doing? I mean, the, the DHA is sort of steel manning. So uh, how do okay. I, how do I approach cool. this? How, like you may, okay. you want to make the strongest argument. <laughs> the strongest argument. A biologist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But from what you've gathered, why, uh, other than the cultural climate, if we can diffuse all the emotionality, which is really uh, confusing. And I don't know why the people that are being so emotional are being so emotional because they have founded their reputations on not being emotional. So it's just kind of weird. But if we take that aside and we say there is something dangerous going on with Brett Weinstein problematizing the vaccine, uh, promoting ivermectin, and I guess maybe inciting an anti-vax army or something like that. What, what, it, what is so dangerous about Brett Weinstein problematizing this? I think it's, um, I think the fear, if I'm sort of steel manning the critics, is that it creates doubt on this one plan that we all have to get behind and execute, um, which, you know, we should all coordinate and do this thing, um, which is fair. Like, if that was true, that would be a bad thing. However, what I'm not seeing is the self-criticism of, yes, we should have done a better job here. Yes, the data that's getting collected isn't isn't right. Yes, um, 
you know, uh, we we are not putting as much effort as we should on, you know, on other approaches that appear to be working or at least have some signal. Um, you know, the self-criticism is lacking. It's like you are a heretic and you shall die. If, if, if Sam Harris was religious, he would have he would have claimed demon possession. And I feel that that would be more honest than schizophrenia. Uh, you know, that, that, that kind of thing that like, just gets to me. And in my like, you know, hmm. I had heard somebody say that in, in wartime, right, humans tend to throw their principles away. They were talking about the Japanese internment camps where, you know, this is, the whole society, when peace comes back, they kind of see what they did and they, and they, and they regret, you know, the extremes that which they allowed themselves to get to by throwing their principles away. And it wasn't really worth it to begin with. Mm. Right. Uh, it wasn't like, okay, look, we have to do this. It's more like, you know, just go crazy, do whatever, everything must be done. Uh, if, if it has a slightest chance of, of helping, we should just go for it no matter what it is. Hmm. Um, and um, societies tend to regret that. So my my stance is that if you give up your principles when when the rubber meets the road, you don't have principles, right? We we can't allow the debate to become this mess of of, of you know shiftlinging um, and just you know brawling on the streets. Like I I, I am you know to the degree that I am a scientist um, in, in my field or as an entrepreneur, as anybody who cares about with skin in the game about stuff. Mm. I, when I see that kind of conversation going on in my team, the first thing I do is get everybody to shut up and tell me what's happening factually. And instead of like this kind of emotional, like, oh, you're a terrible person. No, you hate me. No, you're trying to sabotage my career, whatever. No, we'll adjudicate that after, like, first we map, then we navigate, right? It's pretty simple. <laughs> you okay. do not navigate without a map. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. you know, you can't, you can't just blindly just go in a direction and, and hope it works out. Maybe it will work out. Maybe it won't. And and I don't it's just, you know, seeing this process play out in reality, I don't feel, I don't feel that good about it. Yeah. Well, which is kind of, um, there's a subtle difference though. It kind of seems the same when you were talking about, uh, when you have a new idea, uh, where you're like, you're going to import some program from a mainframe onto a, a smartphone or maybe one of those little pet things that yep. were really popular 20 years Tamagotchi. ago. Tamagotchi. Yeah. And so that is the entrepreneurial spirit where you are kind of going into uncharted territory, but that doesn't talk about how you're going to implement that. At the same yeah. time, you're saying that there are ways where we can want to go into uncharted territory and completely lose the principles that would guide us once we get there or guide us safely into repelling into some unknown territory. And what you're seeing now is the kind of the uh, people just uh, probably... Uh, Un irresponsibly just Throwing shoving the wind, you know, just kind uh, yeah. of like yeah, uh, prematurely settling on one solution, which is a is a known flaw in in human reasoning. Uh, anything mm. that appears to work, we just kind of like you know latch onto it, um, <laughs> and then sort of push everything else out, right? Um, yeah. And 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 that the, the thing is, I guess you're, the way you're saying this is actually um, might might have some insights because so what we do in my in my team, we have you know little devices. Um, and we, we, our original name, it, it was called resin because we were the kind of the glue between the software world and the hardware world. Right. And what we do all the time is we we're creating this new paradigm of how to program these things with principles that we've learned from, you know, cloud computing or whatever, but in terms that they work on this new domain and and we're constantly in this interface right because the old school hardware world right the people who made you know your television your microwave whatever 
think in one way. The, the cloud computing data center people think another way. And whenever we're trying to, you know, to mesh these two worlds, um, there's no rubric, right? You never know who's right about it, a certain thing. And sometimes they're both wrong. So you, sometimes you've got to be, you've got to throw both out and make something new. Sometimes you adopt the thing that you found as is, and there's no rule, right? So I'm, I'm quite used to living in that sort of uncertain territory and, and doing integration of paradigms. Um, that's what I've been doing essentially for, 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 for a decade now. And maybe that's why I feel more comfortable and, and it's very clear to me what's what's happening in the conversation because I've seen those conversations at a smaller scale in my team. And I yeah. feel like this is maybe the most important conversation we could be having this very moment. And this is why I say, look, if I don't jump in now, I, I don't jump in ever. And, I, and what I'm realizing and maybe some of the tools we've been building at this kind of cross domain integration of ideas and, and sort of patterns um, hmm. are coming in handy. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but what you're saying is kind of triggering this this, this insight. Uh, I, I think I'll adopt it. Yeah, I, th I think I'll endorse it I, live I on this stream. I made, my, <laughs> I made my pay for the day. You know, when we, when we were talking uh, earlier, when we were talking about the response that Brett's getting and uh, the just the oddness of the emotionality, and I was just kind of what popped in my head was a COVID derangement syndrome, you know, like this kind right. of relic that we saw in the Trump era. Um, but when you, when you talk about wartime or there's a certain state of war or agitation or danger and urgency that people get into that then shuts down reasoning capacity or causes them to cling and be very defensive of their weapon, right? To not even look at their weapon and if it's going to be the right tool for the job. Um, so I, I'm wondering if you have any ideas on the proper way for people who want to be involved in this um, and bring more rationality or kind of bring a different uh, tone and meter and methodology to the conversation when conceiving of the people who are being kind of irrational, even if they say that they're very rationalist or that's how they have uh, propped themselves up. What's the proper way in your mind to conceptualize or to think about people like Yuri and Claire and Sam um, when, insofar as they're going after Breton in this strange way. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned three people that I've, I've from time to time I've kind of respected and um, sort of had, you know, a lot of positive things to say about it. I, I still have, I mean, especially, you know, Sam Harris is somebody that I've, I've learned a lot from and, you know, I agree with on a ton of things. Um, and um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to me that Again, it's not, you know, the approach I'm taking is I'm not refuting the the, 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 the heart of what they're trying to claim. I'm, I'm pulling the legs from under it because I'm like, you're trying to sell me, you know, a structure. Okay. And the legs and are And you'd be, right? you're, you're, you're willing for Brett Weinstein to be wrong. Um, you're, oh, you're willing between, for... Between you and me, I would like him to be wrong because I want to continue running my company, living my life. I, you know, I have a son, I have a family, I have a team. Our team is in... Uh, every continent, you know, 20, 30 countries. I don't, I've lost count at this point. Um, and I care about all of these people all over the world. You know, some of my team is saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated until 2023, right? Uh, people in Zambia, Nigeria, South Africa, um, they don't have, you know, the, the, the Pfizer sort of uh, vaccine flowing through the, through the, through the roof hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. like just mm -hmm. the river of vaccination available to everybody. Um, it's, it's, it's a global problem and it, it hits different people in different ways. And I, it's kind of my, like, in a way, I feel it's my job to get on top of what's happening. I'm kind of, you know, you said, you know, why, why, why you know, on earth would you be doing this? What I don't understand is why on earth everybody, 
everybody else isn't. But, um, you know, that's just, I, I know I'm, my, my reasoning patterns are not typical, so uh, let's leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the yeah, motivation, your, your motivation would be to, uh, if, if this is the correct path of action, this vaccine, the best route of getting that done is to make sure that every I is dotted, T is crossed, and that every counter argument is given its fair due. And insofar as people are going after uh, what what Brett might be hypothesizing, um, you're you're fine with the counter uh, counter hypothesis or the falsification of Brett Weinstein's different positions. But every uh, major criticism that you've seen mounted is is weak in the leg. So you're actually kind of putting some evolutionary pressure on a counter argument. Um, yeah, to you could say that. Yeah, yeah I, I would. Yeah, exactly. Like I would, I would, I would like to understand it. I would see, like to see it. I'm learning a little bit of biology through this. Through, though I, the kinds of 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 of, of uh, refutations I'm making on the arguments I'm seeing are not. I I try as hard as I can to stay out of the biological field because it's not a field I'm comfortable in. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm, whenever, but by the way, you know, when we say dotting the eyes across the we're not saying like let's put every trivial you know objection in front of it and just slow it down forever and yeah. ha ha. You know, we're secretly anti-vaxxers. Therefore, okay. we win, right? Actually, one thing that you'll find interesting, uh, I just put out a, a, a poll on, on Twitter earlier today, which is sort of trying to figure out which of the doubt um, on the current batch of vaccines that are going out against COVID, um, what of that doubt is carryover from the, the you know, the legacy anti-vaxxer feeling. Um, and it was fascinating because it was like kind of the, the people who were, questioning vaccines before and are still questioning it is like of my audience at least is it good like in the 20s like i don't remember the precise number like in the 20s the people uh, the people who there were some people who was like two or three percent who said they were questioning vaccines but not now that's like your, your random vote right like mm. whatever sure um this works um there's um and there was a 56 percent of people uh, last i checked um that said I was not questioning vaccines before, but now the way with how I'm seeing things, I'm I'm really starting to worry, right? And and so hmm. that's the thing that people don't get. This is not like a like a, a, a the anti-vaxxers are back and you know in numbers and like are attacking from like Trumpistan or whatever. Like these are you know people you know. A lot of people aren't talking speaking out that they are just trying to make themselves feel better and they dig into the data and what they see is really concerning. Okay. And the methods that are being used against Brett, against Brett Weinstein by some big players are actually agitating more skepticism uh, out of people? Well, they're, 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 I think they're um, tapping into that purity mechanism of like saying, you know, this person is going to kill us, right? Uh, pretty much at this point. I mean, when I, when I hear what Sam Harris had to say, this is just me projecting uh, subtext onto what I'm hearing, but it is like a you know, this is an emergency. This guy is my friend, but I can't not stand by any longer. I have to say this. And the same thing with Equilette piece, really. Throwing principles to the wind. You know, Sam Harris is the person who said that um, he wants to, pl- to put his opponent's positions in such a way that if they were to hear them, they would say that is a fantastic way to put my interlocutor's position. He did not do that in that podcast. I can guarantee you not only because Brett said as much, but because it was obvious. And I think even Sam would probably concede that. So, you know, and, and you know, the Quillette, which is like the, the place where even dangerous ideas 
are to be spoken about is coming after like, so everybody's just throwing their principles out basically and just going like haywire and 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 yeah that's that's hmm. because i think some some sort of purity instinct this is me hypothesizing now, yeah, right? yeah 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 something has been touched i have to explain this somehow and, and i can't really tell you what it is but something has been touched that is sending people into a mode um of 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 you know enough with the with the aspie reasoning shit we gotta we gotta fight now like it's fight or flight syndrome i don't know what it is but it's yeah. like enough with your details it's fine we gotta just do this get out of the way at this point you're dangerous this is the message coming out and for me i, I this is this is the core of my disagreement it's like if you don't follow your principles when the rubber meets the road you don't have principles it's signaling right Mo mm -hmm. more like than, than actual principles mm -hmm. So just a thought experiment. If it turns out that this is uh, what you're doing now with the uh, betterskeptics.com and the ground truth challenge, do you, do you have like an inkling that this could be some sort of protocol that you could just teach people to do whenever there's some sort of uh, public discourse to have this kind of sieving mechanism uh and where did where did your where did you pull your ideas from and do you have an idea of organizing them and kind of standardizing this so i my big thing right i, I started digging into this whole thing from uh lively and i'll get i'll get where you're going i promise um the big thing i noticed throughout this uh pandemic is that the organizational structures we have are fraying they're fraying really badly they're even at the best intents of the people involved. You know, this is why it's misunderstood, actually, that people are like alleging a massive conspiracy. We're not alleging a massive conspiracy. But what we're alleging is that things are breaking everywhere and everybody's pretending like they're not. And, and these bad effects are, are accumulating in ways that are creating terrible sort of sums that doesn't require like a master of puppets somewhere, uh, you know, uh, controlling everything. But the organizations we have, the tools, the mechanisms we have for making sense of the world are all fraying it like almost at the same time, you know, from, from journalism, to to uh, science, to um, government, to uh, for-profits, non-profits, you name it. Mm -hmm. It's all spitting out things that are just don't stand up, right? So this is where my sort of mind goes, having built a, a, a team and a company uh, that we have been very careful to build our structures internally to not have a lot of these flaws. Um, you, you probably don't want to go, it's, because it's another podcast. But um, we... I kind of, this is where my mind goes, that we need to build new kinds of structures for putting people together. I believe people are fundamentally, you know, everybody's the hero of their own story. Nobody gets up in bed, from bed in the morning and says, how many millions can I eradicate today? Right? There's a few, um, I'm sure. A, but... a couple, yes. Okay, fine. But Statistically like, speaking. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a bad thing to run to that, uh, to, to that hypothesis, let's say. Yeah. When you have a problem with somebody, if, you, if somebody at your work is, is annoying you, they're probably not a sociopath. Some people are sociopaths, but, you know, all things being equal, the person who hates you at work, probably something about you is irking them. And if you talked it out, you'd figure it out. But yeah. not sometimes people are irrational as well. I'm not saying that everybody's being bullied is like uh, it's their fault or anything like that. I'm just saying misunderstanding is the chief mode of chaos in the world. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so yeah. we can make tools to get people together in a format that makes something better out of inputs that are ordinary. Right. So this this mechanism we put out, that's what we put out on GitHub. People can fork it. They can take it away. They can do their own thing. Mm -hmm. um, we also put out this the Google spreadsheet so people can actually see as the referees are going through it. It's fascinating to me that people use that to attack us. They're like, oh, you know, what about this? And this it's like we literally are opening the door for you to come in. 
we know that you're going to do this. We don't actually care for your stupid screenshots with the highlights. Like everybody can see there's a version, there's version control. In the thing. You can literally clone it and look back and see every keystroke, right? Like that's how, that's how it works. Um, people can fork it and do their own critiques yeah. as well. They can, they can yeah. throw away the yeah. referees and make their own judgments, right? On yeah. whatever they're seeing, make their own yeah. conclusions. We're not saying this is objective truth. And in fact, one of my big issues with all of this is like the whole objective thing used to be, you know, a noble lie or maybe like a, a rounding of a situation that's like somewhat objective or whatever. Today, when I hear somebody say like, you know, Sam said yesterday, we don't, we couldn't have any conceivable conflict of interest. I'm like, I, you know, even though this is high enough, I'm probably out already because like, I, can, I can conceive of a couple of things, right? If I can yeah. conceive of a couple of things, probably somebody else can as well. There's no point trying to get at something from like, I am unbiased. I, I far more trust people who say I am biased, right? And here's what I, what, what I'm biased about. I might be biased about other things I'm not telling you, by the way, yeah. right? But here's my process. Here's my facts. Check my math. Yeah. What do you think? Like, that's what I try to do. That's what, how my threads are structured. That's how the Better Skeptics Challenge is stru structured. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of a V0, if you like, or v V1, actually. Uh, we're iterating on it. Other, other people can iterate on it. And we want to make other tools as well. So the idea with Better Skeptics is to be a lab, essentially, for these kinds of sense-making experiments uh, that we deploy in various, uh, not just us, by the way, anyone can deploy. Uh, I would love to see this kind of evolutionary thing where there's like variation and re-merging of ideas. We put it out under an open source license that necessitates people share their own variants, right? So we can uh, keep reintegrating ideas. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's the perfect outcome. It's it's that we, this tool A works. vaccine for chaos. <laughs> Do you want to be our marketing department? I feel you're uh, You can have already... that. Just put it, you just put that under better skeptics. Vaccine for chaos. So um, um, yeah. speaking of better skeptics, though, with the one part of it is this ground truth challenge. What are the things are, are there? Are you planning on doing lectures or you know, do you I mean, know? It seems like you're sitting on something that could possibly be pretty cool. So I mean, it will be great if people engage with it, try to make better break it, try to make it better. You know, mm. it kind of kind of bugs me when people are like, oh, this is terribly wrong. It's like it is like literally three weeks this Sunday, or well, yeah, that we, two weeks, two Sundays ago, I was sitting right here, and I was typing up the idea, right, and then we, one week to, to make it happen, one week to start it, uh, and here we are, and it's, so this is extremely new, um, we'd, we'd love for this to become, you know, uh, a thing, uh, honestly, again, as every institution, to me, should be able to die, right, should want it to, to go away, you should want to solve the problem you're going for and disappear, mm. Um the, the point isn't really better skeptics. The point is to create a culture of making new tools, yeah. new mechanisms, new ideas, new, just try stuff. Like we are, I have this feeling and I have it in technology, but I absolutely have it in organizational designs um, that we have like three tools basically. And that's the end of it. Right. Um, and recently we've discovered more things, you know, with Wikipedia with its own challenges, there is open source. There is, you know, uh, remote companies are like a variation on the typical, on the typical theme. Uh, we're trying new things. It's still way too slow by probably orders of magnitude. We could be trying different things, more things. Mm. Um, and if, 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 if it goes by me, we should be trying, you know, thousands of things all the time because of what is, in my view, possible. Like, 
the 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 really it's so underexplored. I don't even know which scientific discipline is is even trying to look into the problem. Like organizational design, is that even a thing? I don't know. Maybe it exists. Maybe there's a whole discipline of PhDs that are like banging at the screen right now because I completely ignored them. But sorry, guys. Like I don't know who you are. <laughs> Please reach out. So could you could you restate that what it yeah. what it is that you see. Uh, the sense makers of the world missing that that you see there's this big right. gap. So yeah, let, let me let me say it with less uh, less uh, animation. So what I'm trying to say is um, there are ways for people to come together in with with sets of sets of rules or norms or you know cultural elements, all sorts of uh, you know additionals to the people um, that can create uh, higher value outputs right the, the analogy i use is kind of usually bitcoin where the, the, the blockchain itself can run on untrusted computers but somehow you know there's an alchemy happening and you know gold comes in <laughs> digital gold comes in uh this trustworthy thing right i, I don't if my if i bought you know bitcoin and it's sitting in a in a computer i don't care if it's the nsa or the chinese secret service is running it because the way that the, the process works it cannot be compromised uh, so that's kind of the idea is to make mechanisms or, or, or tools or, or systems of all sorts that we can, we can use, we can invoke, we can, you know, if it's, it's long running or, you know, one-offs or whatever, um, to accomplish things that we seem to be failing at right now, to become more intelligent as a species, basically, like mm -hmm. do things that we can't right now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and usually this, I hope leads to, uh, coming closer to factual matters right like getting getting closer access to the underlying stratum of, of reality rather than sort of collapsing into this sort of he said she said what's your degree you're terrible i hate you you know yeah. Yeah. kind of uh, and one thing i will add to this is that one thing i've noticed through this just one challenge is that as i try to go for this kind of ground truth by the you know others on the team the referees there's this incredible upward pressure. It's like when you're diving, you know, the deeper you go, the, the more the pressure to go, to get you to go back up, to, 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 to turn it back into characterizations and who are you and why are you saying this? And, you know, things that shouldn't matter, but they somehow, you know, machinations behind the scenes. I, I don't want to say too much because I, it'll ruin the challenge and it's, it's, it's ongoing. But, um, uh, you know, it's just paranormal phenomena that just wants to get things back into the mud fight, right? And it's uh, fascinating. I didn't, I, this I did not expect. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. So we got to get more tools and better tools and better understood tools yeah. to bring people together, be open about our biases, just be frank, and, and come together and find solutions to, to, to problems. Yeah, I don't think... Um, you know, I, I try to practice being humane and mature but uh, you know there's pressures in me that i get bored of being that way so if nothing else just to stir things up i end up stirring up shit i, I try not to do that but i i'm just talking about there's a there's a part of human nature we're never going to get away from but there are tools that we can still do that can incorporate that or kind of channel that in the right direction you know yeah. I, I don't know even, even so that, exactly well, this challenge, actually, this is the kind of fun thing, right? Like that it takes people who are passionate about one direction or the other. So the first, the people who are challenging probably are negatively motivated, right? They're like, oh, this, 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 this. okay, put it in, a, put it in, the, put it yeah. in the river, right? And the people who are defending are also passionate. Like, that's the, to me, the point is that not only are we not going to get away from these parts of human nature, it's who we are. 
Like you can't just like we're not machines. You can't pull out the subsystem for like outrage. Yeah. We have to flow with it, right? We have to embrace it and 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 incorporate it into the mechanisms that we make to get where we want to. I think this this idea. That's why I'm saying like objectivity and all that stuff. This idea that like you know you enter the the door of your corporate office and now you are you know uh, the suited and booted sort of professional that has no emotions. It's like who believes that anymore? Like it doesn't. It does not. It, it never worked this way, and it still <laughs> doesn't. And yeah. however much we repeat the mantra, it, it still won't. Hmm. You know, I, I keep on running into entrepreneurs and I always get a sense that they're the ones that are going to save the world. And, uh, you, you gave me that feeling, um, today. Please don't, please don't. don't put that on <laughs> 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 you know, if I pump your ego enough, it'll explode. And then I get to study the, the blood splatter Excellent. patterns. Excellent. You know, that's, that's what Thank I'm you. really into. <laughs> Yeah, I think people should just try their best and and stay with, stick with their principles. Um, it, it's so tempting to just round out one corner, round on another corner, mm. save a friend here, save a friend there, but they're not real friends because if they were real friends, <laughs> they wouldn't be bothered by that. So. <laughs> Well, cool. I think that is, uh, I want to keep it under an hour so that most people will see it. So I'm going to end the recording. Thank you for your time this lovely uh, Sunday. A I'm a, a long, long, ter- long time viewer. So it's it's kind of surreal to be uh, to be inside this magical reality of the, the <laughs> voice of are. reason. <laughs> Congratulations for reaching the end of the discussion. If you enjoyed it, do be sure to leave a review or a comment or a thumbs up or whatever you need to do to show that glorious algorithm that this is some good stuff. And do be sure to go and check that back catalog as it is brimming full of fantastic conversations. Links to provide monetary support are down there in the description as well. Have a good night.